Welcome to the Gross Profit Podcast. My name is James Kennedy, CEO at ProcurementExpress.com, software that takes the hassle out of managing purchasing at your company. Continuing our series of podcasts focused on software that takes the hassle away from finance and ops teams, this week I'm joined by Fergal Brady, CEO at NoFriction.com. That's an X in the middle of No Friction. You're very welcome to the podcast, Fergal. For those who don't already know you, can you maybe just fill us in on your background before we get started? Yeah, good morning, James. Thanks very much for that. Growth Profit Podcast. I love that, incidentally. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm uh, Fergal Brady and co-founder of No Friction. Myself and Aaron Clawson, my co-founder, started Blueface, which was an IP telephony company, which we started way back in 2005. And that went on to become the fourth largest of its kind in the world and was acquired by Comcast ultimately in 2019. I founded a, a venture capital firm managing an impact investment fund and helped spin a robotics company out of Trinity College as well, Akara, the guys there who are brilliant. Aaron worked in various different startups. He built a facial recognition platform and he also built a cryptocurrency custody platform, which is now used by some of the leading banks around the world. And he became a Bitcoin core developer. So that's our, our background. And we got into, we started No Friction really about June, May, June 2021, with the intention of taking the friction out of the banking and payments experience for business. So that's where we've come from. Okay, that rings a bell with me, Fergus. I mean, I, uh, back in my long time ago, for 15 years ago, I was using um, Blueface. And in fact, I could never have run my previous business without Blueface. It was a huge part of it, but I had no idea that you got that big. So how did you actually get to be the, what, the fourth biggest IP telephony provider in the world? That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is amazing, actually. And uh, that's what we set out to do. We set out to build a really great business from Ireland, uh, to build a global business from Ireland. And that's ultimately what we achieved with the help of an awful lot of people along the way. We actually merged with a US competitor and we brought sort of technology and the European market entry for them. And they brought the sort of the US market and distribution over there to us. Um, so the holding company was called Star Blue, and it ultimately it sold Blueface off to Comcast, and then the residual company was acquired by Sangoma, who de- developed Asterix, and we're probably straying off into the uh, territory of the geeks now in the IP telephony world. <laughs> but it's interesting that you were one of the first users, actually, because a lot of the business that we picked up in those early days came from sort of techie people who thought, well, this is great. We don't have to use, you know, one of the traditional providers. We can use a proper full IP service provider for our telephony and do all sorts of cool stuff. And when you mentioned that you couldn't have run your business without it, an awful lot of businesses were like that because we enabled them to do things which weren't possible before. And there's this great company called Twilio, which is, is, is quite famous now, but they sort of extracted or, the, or abstracted the complexity of telecoms and uh, constructed an API around it and made it available as a, a menu of functionality uh, to companies. So when you use an Uber or you use a Glovo or you know, message them or get a call, text message to confirm something, that's nearly all Twilio. And what they've done is they've made the complex, they've hidden the complexity of the underlying telecoms away from the end user to make it as simple as possible to communicate. And that's exactly what we're trying to do for business banking and payments. And actually, we believe that, that will facilitate a whole new uh, stream of businesses and business models 
who can't currently do what they'd like to do because the speed and simplicity isn't actually there. Typically, businesses end up having to use internet banking and it's just such a pain to use it. So that's what we're trying to do. So it's very interesting what we mentioned about Blueface. It's pretty much the same trajectory we'd like to be on anyway. Well, okay, fair place. I saw a stat years ago which says that second-time founders are no more likely to succeed than first-time founders. So I think you're very brave. That's very comforting. <laughs> yeah, you've got a beach somewhere. I don't know why you're doing this. Maybe I'd be on the beach. But anyway, there you go. Uh, that's your choice. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, so, like, right now, I mean, I mean, most of us would be familiar with internet banking, but a uh, controversial question Sure, it's uh, if I have to log into No Friction or I have to log into my internet banking, isn't it both a pain anyway? I mean, what's the difference between the two? Well, yeah, it's a, it's a, an excellent point. So what we're trying to do is actually uh, turn money uh, into something that's uh, into programmable money effectively, effectively. So rather than having to log into internet banking, we provide an API, you connect that up to your, your core business platform, and then the banking and payments element is, is, is transparent. So when you want to make a payment, you make, it, make the payment from your accounting platform or your core business platform. There's no internet banking in the middle. Of course, we have an interface, so you can log in and do one-off payments when you have to. And we've improved the experience so that it's at least that's uh, simpler than some of the others on the market. But the main idea is to make it programmatic so that there's no need to use internet banking at all. So most of your customers at the end of the day, let's say five years time, may never even know about no friction. They're just using Zero or QuickBooks or Procurement Express, and they're just doing their thing. And then they just hit pay within those platforms and they just walk away and, and they can be sure it happens. That would be a utopian vision for us, actually, yes, because their 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 developers or the and their 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 payments team would have said, "Wow, we got to use no friction. We're going to plug it into zero, and then management and whoever it is making the payments never know we're there. They just log into their accounting platform. They go into Procurement Express and they go, oh, look at all these invoices. Let's press pay, and they get paid and they forget about it. It's done. Cool. So. Traditionally, then our customers would have an AP team. And, you know, if you're a Procurement Express customer, you know, you'll be raising requisitions, taking deliveries, matching invoices, and then you get a file. You send that file to the AP team and the AP team will dutifully pay whoever you told them to pay. And that's, you know, I see Fergal rubbing it's his face awesome. here. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's not the way it happens in every business, but, you know, and a large chunk it does. So what, I guess this is, is this helping or replacing the AP team? It's, it's both. Uh, ultimately, it's helping them. And I think going to five to 10 years time, I think it really replaces the AP team. So we certainly don't want to get irate calls from AP uh, personnel going, you're going to ruin our jobs or destroy our livelihood. But really, it's about enabling those teams to do stuff which is far more valuable than data entry and, and manual processing, because that's just not uh, a value-added activity for a business. One of the issues or one of the big issues is the kind of standardized format of invoicing. So when, I think we're, we're certainly going to move towards more standardized formats of invoicing where an invoice is produced and can be read and ingested elect uh, automatically by accounting and other platforms. And that will make the job a lot more easier. So that gets the information in. Somebody obviously has to check it to make sure that it's not you know, a scam or something else. But once it's done, then the next step is the payment bit. What's happening at the moment is there's just so much manual processing that, you know, it's entered into the accounting system. 
make sure all the supplier details are correct, and then move to internet banking and duplicate the effort again and go through another process to authorize it. It's just really time consuming. Yeah, okay. And then, uh, well, I guess they said the same thing about spreadsheets when they came in in the 60s and 70s, right? That um, all the accountants would be no longer required because the spreadsheet will do all the work and that didn't work out. Yeah, well, that's actually really interesting. But, but uh, you know, back to my point about enabling people to do stuff, which is a lot more, uh, which adds a lot more value to the business. What spreadsheets have done, have they taken away a lot of the uh, manual processing and they've actually enabled new ways of looking at data and manipulating data and provided a lot more business intelligence. So spreadsheets are absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Um, and the sophistication of them now means that they're a fantastic business tool and they're not just used for very, very simple stuff that you know you would have would have would have been done manually with a pen and paper or a calculator, but they're actually enabling a lot more business intelligence to be garnered from the data that they're 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 processing. So we see the same thing with uh, our platform, where not only can we free up the accounts payable team to do some really cool stuff. Uh, we can give them the data that they need to actually start looking at, well, you know, how often are payments being made? You know, how much are the payments? What's the average payment? So instead of just doing manual processing, they can start analyzing the data, making sense of it, and perhaps, you know, building something else on top of that to add value to the business. Okay. So let me try and uh, channel my inner hardcore news interviewer here and come up with some hard questions for you. So there's got to be objections to this, right? So what, I mean, I can see the value, great. You know, it's all built into the one system. You're not copying and pasting. You're not pulling stuff across. But like there are competitors out there. Like, uh, I mean, I guess there's a lot, the, the whole fintech world seems to be full of people who are trying to automate your banking in some way. Even Revolut, I guess, has solutions and the consumer banks like that. And they have business offerings. So what makes uh, no friction better than those other solutions? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, you're right. There are an awful lot of fintechs and they're chipping away at the traditional sort of banking and payments value chain and identifying its single areas or, or a couple of areas that they believe they can add value. The fundamental problem really is one is intransigence and the other are twofold. First of all, there's the technical challenge where it may require a little bit of integration. And the second challenge is the onboarding effort, which is required because we live in a world of know your business, anti-money laundering, etc. And so we need to onboard customers and ensure that we've met our regulatory obligations. So in order to add value to a business and to, for the business to sign up with no friction, we need to be able to demonstrate that the problem that we're solving uh, is sufficiently large to justify uh, the relatively small effort it requires to overcome it and take the pain out of the process. There are other companies doing it. However, a lot of the innovation that has happened in the payments world has happened in the e-commerce arena. And it has actually happened on the front end of the e-commerce arena with a few different exceptions to make it easier for customers to pay and check out, etc., However, the regulatory obligations mean that making a payment online has become increasingly difficult and frustrating for many people. And so what we're focused on is actually the core banking and payments area where there has been actually hardly any innovation. You know, the same core payments networks that are in use today were the same ones that were in use 40 years ago. 
And the access to those core payments networks has been guarded very, very closely by the traditional banks. And they don't provide a means of accessing them other really than internet banking. So what we're trying to do is provide an API uh, enabled access to be able to automate your payments in and out and forget about internet banking or even a banking piece in the middle. So you're right, there's lots of different companies doing lots of different things, but a lot of them are focusing on just making the internet banking experience better and less frustrating. And you know, a lot of them are making, trying to make the card payment process a little bit better and a little bit less frustrating. We're focusing on actually replacing all of that and moving to a fully digitized digital currency future, which we believe will happen. So that's why we're, we do a lot of research on uh, Bitcoin and Bitcoin Lightning, which is incredible technology. Interesting. So are you actually moving towards providing your own money transfer infrastructure in the background, replacing the banks altogether? Did I hear that right? Yeah, well, no. I mean, this goes back to the telecoms world when we came out with, you know, IP telephony. We didn't invent it, obviously, but we certainly contributed to the global adoption of it and to a lot of the technology that's still in use today. Aaron still gets calls from uh, some of the global multinationals asking him to uh, make some adjustments to some of the software that he open sourced that they're still using. So what we're, we're actually doing is taking some of the software that's out there and uh, adding to it and adding our spin on it and making it available to businesses to use. But banks are never going to go away. And just to be very, very clear, um, you know, we think that banks will always exist. It's just that they're going to exist in a very different way than they exist now. In the same way that telecoms companies 20 years ago, people said, oh, IP telephony, that's the end of the telecoms companies. Of course it wasn't. They simply moved from providing you know, uh, phone, phone calls uh, to providing broadband and networking and security and all sorts of other really important things. So in fact, the technology has enabled them to do stuff that they can add a lot more value and potentially generate more profit from. Uh, than just doing minutes. We say it the same way with banks. They do a lot of stuff really, really well. We just don't think that they do this this core banking, day-to-day banking and payments particularly well. And we think we do a better job. Now, the poor bankers, second only in lawyers in malignment, I think, uh, in terms of (laughs) technologists taking jobs away. But, um, well, okay, well, I guess the point is that just the moving money around the place, there's really not a lot of value in that. Like, you know, technology-wise, there's no reason why you have to be charged anything to move something from A to B anymore. But it's just a legacy issue, right? Yeah, fu- fundamentally, you're right. And ultimately, we'd see it going the same way. So we actually, in, in Blueface, we came out with the first all-you-can-eat telephony plan for business, and people thought we were insane. But actually, the propensity of a business to make tele- telephony calls isn't based on the cost of the calls, really. Uh, it's based on their need to make calls. They just don't want to be really bill, have all sorts of different bills coming in. Um, so we see the same thing, actually, with uh, with core payments that, yes, they're charged for at the moment. We just see them as API calls. And ultimately, what we'll be doing is providing a platform which makes it just super easy, super slick to make payments and provide the tools that you need to build your business on top of that. And so we'll charge for the value that we add to that process rather than the underlying payments, because there you're right. You know, making a payment or moving money from one place to another is ridiculously simple in theory. What complicates it is all the hoops you have to jump through in order to to, to facilitate that, and that because that's technical, regulatory, etc. 
you know, Elon Musk says money, you know, data, money is just data at the end of the day. That's all. It's just a, a journal entry and that's it. All it is. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And I see it in my personal life. You know, I use Revolut personally. And if I want to pay someone, I'm just, please have Revolut. Just make my life so much easier because it never, you know, it never goes to another bank. Even PayPal is clunky to use these days. It doesn't have a mo- mobile first, good mobile. Yeah. So yeah. I get it. Okay. So one more tricky question for you then. So, there's an objection here, which I can see because we've seen it with our own customers is that, you know, are you going to make me move my bank? Because, you know, that's a big, that's a big deal. Moving back. Oh, yeah. Are you going to make me set up a new bank account? You know? Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a really good point. And you absolutely don't want to have to move bank, as you say. Um, what we do is we provide what's called, what we call a digital payments account. It's effectively a current account. We need to be very clear that this is not a bank account. We are not a bank, and we need to be very, very clear that we're not a bank. Um, So what we're doing is providing an alternative to your day-to-day processing. So what we recommend our customers and what we ask them to do is you receive your payments into your digital business uh, payments account, and you just sweep that out to your traditional bank account. So your traditional bank account remains as your sort of core treasury bank account. And that's what the banks do well. You want to, if you're, you want your money safe and sound and want to sleep at night into your bank account. Brilliant. Perfect. But in order to sort of do it on a programmatic approach to payments, you need something you can connect up to your core business application. And that's what we do. So yes, you're creating a digital payments account. Yes, we need to onboard you, but you don't need to change anything away from your core business bank account um, you can do over time you'll, you'll see the benefit of it and you'll see your payments coming in you'll see you'll be able to automate payments you know supplier payments payroll payments and over time you can certainly move that functionality to the no friction payments account but you're always going to have your core business bank account because that's you know that's what you want to have and that's what we'd recommend you have Okay, so if I've got this right, you alluded to um, Lightning and Bitcoin there, and I guess it's just working the same way, where I have my traditional bank account, I've got my payment run, let's say, all set up. Uh, let's say it's in Procurement Express. I press a button one day, and it goes to no friction, and then the money is sent out and distributed straight into other people's bank accounts. So it doesn't stay in no friction for very long, or does it stay there at all? So... We're diving deep into the murky world of payments. And just going back to your comment about Elon Musk saying money is just data, that's so correct because when you make a payment, for example, you talked about Revolut and making a payment from Revolut to Revolut, money actually doesn't move. Uh, Nothing moves. There's just a change in a ledger entry. And the sort of real-time growth settlement system that the, the central banks run to facilitate payments, international payments between banks, etc., that's the only time money moves. The money moves in bulk, you know, between one bank and another. When you pay, make a payment from Revolut to AIB or Bank of Ireland or Santander, HBSBC, that those funds don't actually move. There's no somebody doesn't you know pick up a bag of cash and get in their horse and. Uh, ride off to deliver it to the other person. Uh, it's just a, a journal entry. So what we see is that we're actually enabling that, making it easier to do that. And the funds themselves will always remain within the core banking system. So they don't really actually move and your funds are actually held within a European credit institution. So they're safe. Okay, well, 
So we'll uh, wrap it up now, I guess, then. So how can people get in touch with you, Fergal, if they want to find out more information? Yeah, well, it's nofriction.com, as you point out, with the uh, the lesser known uh, spelling of friction, F-R-I-X-I-O-N. So nofriction.com. And of course, you can find us on, on LinkedIn and uh, you may be able to spot us on Twitter as well. But um, certainly LinkedIn and the website itself are, 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 are the best way to get in touch with us. We do have a sandbox available for developers. We're really, really keen on getting developers to use the platform, to use the API. There's a sandbox there. You can go in and uh, muck around with it, make live payments, etc. Really, really useful. So any of those ways is the best way to get us. Great. Okay. Well, thanks very much for joining us today. Um, we'll wrap it up now. I just want to say, if you've got this far in the podcast, thank you very much for listening. Um, I, we don't charge for the podcast, so uh, but you can um, get back if you like, in that I am looking for more SaaS providers that take the hassle away from finance and operations teams. So if you yourself or you have a favorite tool that you would like to find out more about, you would like a SaaS company to come on here and talk about how they help finance teams operations teams i'd love to hear from you you can get in touch with me at james.kennedy at procurementexpress.com so um, no, until next time you'll see you later so that wraps it up for another episode of the gross profit podcast if you liked what you heard please consider subscribing and leaving us a review on itunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts